The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash earnings right now. netsuite.com slash earnings. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 61 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Our main story? For a long time, it seemed like the only reassuring thing about the virus was that children were unlikely to get very sick from it. That idea is being challenged, though, as a new COVID-19-related illness has begun to appear in children around the world. But first... Here's what happened today. New York City, the epicenter of the outbreak in the U.S., is likely to stay locked down into June. That's according to its mayor, Bill de Blasio. Some parts of the state will be able to reopen from Friday. But the city hasn't made enough progress in cutting down on new cases. That's even though hospital and intensive care admissions are falling. de Blasio also said health officials will turn to dozens of small private neighborhood medical practices to aid in testing, contact tracing, and outpatient care. Around the country, a promising new COVID-19 drug may be hard to come by. Gilead Sciences is donating vials of its COVID-19 drug remdesivir to countries around the world, but the U.S. will get less than half. Gilead is donating about enough to treat 78,000 hospitalized patients, according to the Department of Health and Human Services. But more than 300,000 patients in the U.S. are eligible for emergency access to the drug. That won't be available through the end of July. More data is showing the virus's disproportionate effects. We know that Black Americans are dying at alarmingly high rates of COVID-19. But a new Bloomberg News analysis shows that majority Black counties have triple the COVID-19 death rate of others. The larger a county's share of Black residents, the worse the health outcomes get. In counties where African Americans are a higher proportion of the population, than they are in the U.S., the death rate is roughly double the national average. That's according to an analysis of Johns Hopkins University and Census Bureau data. In majority Black counties, deaths from coronavirus are more than triple. The disparities have only grown as the death toll has climbed. In South Korea, 
confirmed cases of COVID-19 suddenly increased after a lull. That has sparked fears of a potential second wave of infections. The latest surge is tied to a single infected 29-year-old who visited nightclubs in Seoul. Since he did, at least 54 cases have been traced to the clubs, according to the Korea Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Authorities are estimating between 6 to 7,000 people could have been exposed to the virus from clubs between April 29th and May 6th. Seoul's mayor has ordered all nightclubs and similar establishments in the capital to close. And now, our main story. Last week, a five-year-old boy in New York died from COVID-19-related complications. Dozens of other children are becoming sick with a similar cluster of symptoms. They mirror a rare condition called Kawasaki disease. The rise of this new threat to children opens up a terrifying possibility. Have we been wrong about how the disease affects kids? The accepted wisdom had been that children could transmit the virus, but not get sick from it. The new illness is throwing that assumption into question. Jason Gale talked to the world's leading expert on Kawasaki disease to help unpack what's going on. You might have heard of a pox party. It's a social gathering where children are deliberately exposed to an infectious disease, like chickenpox. These parties were sometimes done before vaccines were widely available to speed up immunity in the belief that some illnesses experienced as children would result in less severe disease than if the infection occurred in adulthood. But the practice has survived to modern times, usually hosted by vaccination sceptics. And there are signs the spirit of the pox party exists in a Washington state county where people allegedly caught the coronavirus from such events. Washington state health officials say that deliberately catching the pandemic virus can be incredibly dangerous for obvious reasons. It puts people at increased risk for hospitalisation and even death. It may also lead to an uptick in cases that will slow attempts to lift physical distancing measures and revive the economy. And there's still a lot we don't know about the virus that causes COVID-19, including any long-term health effects. COVID-19 seems to occur less frequently among children and they rarely get severely sick from it. But the risk for children isn't zero. In fact, in Europe and now in the United States, critically ill kids have been ending up in intensive care units with shock-like symptoms. It's yet another mysterious dimension of a disease we only heard about four months ago. Stephen Powers is National Medical Director for England in the National Health Service. He told reporters recently that these uncommon, life-threatening symptoms resemble Kawasaki disease, a rare childhood illness. We have become aware in the last few days uh, of reports of severe illness in children, which might be a Kawasaki-like disease. So Kawasaki disease is a very rare inflammatory condition that occurs in children. Uh, the, the cause is, is, is not often known. Kawasaki disease is characterised by inflammation of blood vessels throughout the body. It's the leading cause of acquired heart disease in American children. But with effective treatment, 
only a small percentage of patients is left with lasting coronary artery damage. On Wednesday last week in the Lancet Medical Journal, doctors in England described an unprecedented cluster of eight children with something resembling the condition. One patient, a 14-year-old, needed life support, but tragically died from a stroke. New York has had at least 73 similar paediatric patients, three of them fatal. France and Italy have had cases too. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. This is something that is appearing in cities around the globe now that have been heavily impacted by COVID-19 disease in the adult population. That's Professor Jane Burns. She's one of the world's top experts on Kawasaki disease and leads a research centre dedicated to studying it at the University of California, San Diego. She's seen thousands of cases over 35 years And the Rady Children's Hospital, where she works, treats 80 to 100 new Kawasaki disease patients each year. Jane has yet to see any of these COVID-19-related cases, but has been following the research closely. So we're getting a picture that this is something that occurs in probably genetically susceptible children as a reaction that involves previous exposure to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And now we're seeing cases in the United States. Jane says these aren't COVID-19 patients, but a majority have the virus or antibodies to the infection. While the cases share some signs and symptoms of Kawasaki disease, the ones that have been described during the pandemic have some additional features. So it's not certain that what they have is Kawasaki. The disease is usually diagnosed in susceptible children By the time they start school, the average age of the patients in England was about nine. I've not seen a case, so let's be clear. (laughs) But um, the descriptions are more than half of them coming in with gastrointestinal symptoms. So vomiting, abdominal pain, diarrhea. Everybody has fever. So all these presentations are, are significant, persistent, high fever. Also, six of the eight children in England were described as being of Afro-Caribbean descent, and five were boys. Jane says one in every 60 children in Japan gets Kawasaki disease, but no atypical cases have been seen there during the pandemic. Even still, she says, there may be genetic, racial and social disparities at play, and these need to be properly investigated. The shock syndrome that these paediatric patients experience is also more severe than what's seen in Kawasaki disease 
or KD for short. And they have certain uh, clinical differences in, in the nature of the shock, the way the heart is behaving. But the interesting hypothesis that this raises is that Kawasaki disease may be a syndrome that can actually be triggered in children of different genetic backgrounds by different environmental triggers. So there's an interesting question that perhaps SARS-CoV-2 virus is one of many other agents or just things in the environment that can trigger this syndrome in children who perhaps have a slightly different genetic susceptibility. And these children who are now presenting with the shock syndrome and the children who are getting the typical KD in these same communities, maybe these are children who were never going to get Kawasaki disease in their life until they came across this virus that's been unleashed onto the world. Jane says probably about 100 children worldwide have been diagnosed with this syndrome during the pandemic. That compares with some 4 million COVID-19 cases. What's really intriguing to me as a Kawasaki disease researcher is that at the same time these desperately ill children are being seen, there has been a dramatic uptick in these same communities of children with typical Kawasaki disease. Whatever it is behind this syndrome that's sometimes leading to desperate cardiovascular collapse, the affected children are responding to the same treatment used for Kawasaki disease. Jane says patients can usually be cured in a matter of days with IV infusions of a blood-based therapy called immunoglobulin, but they need to get it within their first week of illness. The other good news is that the disease is relatively easy to diagnose. Parents can easily make the diagnosis. You don't have to have gone to medical school. It's fever, bloodshot eyes, red lips and tongue, swollen hands and feet, and red palms and soles. So it, it should be empowering to parents that they can recognize this disease and, and ask for blood testing to support the diagnosis by looking for inflammation. Whatever it is that's causing this new life-threatening illness in children, there's some solace in knowing that it's rare and that it can be easily treated. It's a reminder, though, that we still have a lot to learn about the coronavirus and to reject any invitation to a virus party. That was Bloomberg's Jason Gale. And that's our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is hosted by me, Laura Carlson. The show was produced by me, Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspure, and Magnus Henriksen. Today's main story was reported by Jason Gale. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Francesca Levy and Rick Shine. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. 
Thanks for listening. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.